Hey, happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Coaching Minds Podcast. Today's guest is a man that I played for at Wabash College, Coach Chris Creighton. Welcome to the Coaching Minds Podcast, helping you overcome obstacles so you can reach and achieve more. Here are your hosts, Ben and C. As an All-American quarterback, Creighton led Kenyon College to its only NCAC title in 1989. He got his first head coaching job at Ottawa University in Kansas in 97. He was then hired at Wabash College, where they won four conference championships, and he was named NCAC Conference Coach of the Year three times. Leaving Wabash as the fourth winningest active D3 coach, he was hired at Drake, where he coached for six years and became the winningest coach in school history. Coach Creighton's now the head coach at Eastern Michigan, where his tradition of excellence both on and off the field has continued. Coach Creighton, thank you so much for joining us today. Really looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to it, too. I appreciate you guys having me on. So, Coach, a few weeks ago, we talked about uh, individual mindset and how that builds into a team culture. If you had to summarize why culture is so important to the success of your program, uh, how would you how would you say that? Um, I, I do really believe that um, that culture matters, you know, and I guess you got to probably figure out how to how to define culture, but. I think the what the guys believe um, about the program, about themselves, about each other, um, the the behaviors and attitudes um, by which you live inside your program. I think all of that uh, matters um, in terms of you know success on game day, even. And it's not that you do it uh, solely for that reason, but um, I do believe that that uh, how you go about doing what you're doing, why you are doing what you're doing, ultimately impacts, you know, how well you do it. At Wabash, you know, we had the, we had the saying, Wabash always fights. And no matter how difficult the situation or the, or the circumstances, we knew that's what we were going to kind of hang our hat on. At Drake, you had a Swahili term that I'm not even going to try to pronounce that translated to let's climb to the summit. And it kind of symbolized the climb to the top of the conference there. And at Eastern now, you've embraced being what you call E-tough, kind of a, a hard-nosed, blue-collar approach. And your stadium's called the factory. You guys have gray turf. Your program emphasizes toughness and pride and resilience. For the, for the coaches that are out there listening – how do you go about, you know, taking a new job, going to a new school, evaluate what that program needs, and then sort of build that foundation of culture around it? I, I think that's an excellent question. And first of all, you have to know who you are as, as a coach and as a staff. You just, you have to know what you fundamentally believe. It's not that, you know, you don't fundamentally change when you go from one place to another. You are who you are. At the same time, who you are um, isn't what you just pick up and put down at this new place. And then all of a sudden, you know, that place becomes you. That's sure. just not how it works. You've got to figure out what and who that new place is. You know, at, at Eastern Michigan, it took me uh, a couple months. You know, I'd never been here before. Um, so I realized after a couple months that, you know, that this place is it's Southeast Michigan you know, there's there's a bunch of first time, you know, college students, people paying their own way to go to school. And, sure. you know, in, in higher education, right, people put their noses up in the air and, 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 and talk about, you know, how much money you have. And that makes you better or worse. Well, 
I mean, I just realized that, you know, probably the very thing that people would be throwing stones at Eastern Michigan and our students for are actually things that we should be celebrating. You know, people who are finding a way to pay for themselves work through school so that they can get an education and change the trajectory of their family. I mean, how awesome is that? And uh, so it was like, yeah, there's blue collar people here, you know, not, not bunch of cake eaters and silver spoons. And uh, when I realized that it wasn't, Hey, let's make this place the factory and let's go find a 51 pound pipe wrench and let's make our, (laughs) our, our, our stadium, you know, gray turf and call it the parking lot because I thought it sounded cool. Yeah. It was like, this is who we are and it's awesome. And so let's accentuate it. Let's become, you know, the, the great things about what's actually true about it. You know, Wabash always fights. I didn't come up with that. I mean, that's been there forever and it will always be there. Sure. But can you think of three better words that go together? Nope. There's there, there are none. There are none. I mean, Wabash, I mean, because if you're at Wabash, then it doesn't, nothing else matters. Wabash always, I'm pretty sure always means always, like always, always. And and fights, um, I mean, I think that's a phenomenal term too, because it's, I mean, it's, you're never, ever giving in. You're never letting up. You're never giving up you, you are, you're, you're fighting and that's a really good thing. And so, you know, Wabash always fights can real quickly become a way of life. And, and uh, I know it's impacted me and, and my family for that much. It wasn't me coming up with some sexy slogan. It was me figuring out, you know, what's this all men's college? Why is there, why is there this intense pride, you know, what happens to these guys here? And so when I figured all that out, when I figured out that very, very few people grew up wanting to go to Wabash College, right? But then it was, it was a situation to try to just, you know, shorten it real quickly that, okay, look, I don't want to like this place. I'm going to go visit. Oh my gosh, this place is unbelievable. I still don't want to go there. But then, hey, Zach, are you going? Yeah, I think I might. Oh, my God. Hey, Ben, are you going? Uh, I didn't want to, but I think I might. And so it's then it's the three of us saying neither of us, you know, none of us wanted to do this. But now we've realized how special this place is. We're going to do it. We have a bond for life. We have a bond that is that is deeper and thicker than any other school in the country. And so the pride um, and what happens to men at that school over those four years in terms of being broken down, but being built up and being challenged to think and do things that uh, they never would have done before and how much real confidence that comes out of that. It's phenomenal. And so, you know, you just you've got to realize that and know that. Um, and then you want to, you know, become it and accentuate it. Do the same thing at Drake. So, Coach. Obviously, you had tons of success everywhere, and like you're saying, some things fit for the for the school that you're at. You know, wearing the um, car workshop shirts to on the sideline or busting down a wall that might not have worked. You know, wall bash. But are there things that that no matter what school you're at, doesn't matter where you're ever going to go, there's a foundational things that you will always take with you as a coach and as a program. Yes. I've had, you know, since night, you know, 
So, someone you made a big mistake and hired me as a head college football coach when I was 27 <laughs> years old, you know, in 1997. And uh, thank God they did. I had four program goals back in 1997. I had a vision and a philosophy. Those have not changed one iota. Now, when I went from Ottawa to Wabash, we added one program goal. That vision and the philosophy and the program goals are, aren't going to change. Um, and the values that come from those things, I really don't think are ever going to change. Um, but, you know, you mentioned Tupande Kililani. That, that was a, a theme of ours in 2011 at Drake. And uh, it is Swahili for let's climb to the summit together. And that's when we took the team to Africa and climbed Mount Kilimanjaro together. And, and that, so that was our theme, you know, that next year. But every year, and, you know, Ben, I don't know if you'll be able to remember them, but we have a theme every year. Uh, yes, sir. And I don't sir. think that's ever going to change. And uh, we think really deeply about, you know, what the program needs to do or what it needs to become to, to be our best that next year, to take another step. And our theme always comes from that. And so that'll be different every year. Um, have had a different one since 1997, but, uh, you know, all, always hopefully completely applicable you know, to the state of our program at the time, which is, you know, I, I will never forget showing up and I got my, got my champions manual and it had that lion just covered in blood and it was hungry. And, you know, you guys, the, the, the coaching staff knew there was a solid team coming back, but as a staff that you needed to push out complacency and we were going to be hungry. And I remember the players of the week getting a Snickers bar and you would make a big deal out of, Oh, Jake, congratulations. You did it. You threw for 300 yards and 13 touchdowns or whatever he had that game. And, you know, now you can just relax and take it easy. And those players throwing back that Snickers bar, just not being satisfied. And, you know, here you are, at Eastern now, and you guys have had, I mean, the list is incredible. I'm not going to read all of them, just a few that stand out. Largest single season turnaround in school history from 1-11 to 7-6. First bowl appearance in 29 years. First winning season since 95. Beating multiple Big Ten schools for the first time ever. First time being bowl eligible in back-to-back years. Overcoming the largest deficit in program history. The the largest MAC margin of victory in program history. You got coaches leaving to go to Notre Dame. You got alumni in the Super Bowl. It would be easy for some people to come in and want to pat you on the back and say, congratulations, this is the best team we've ever had here. You've arrived. How do you keep your team hungry? Yeah, it's a good question. It's pretty simple. I mean, we've gone from bad to mediocre. So uh, we're not, uh, you know, there's, you're right. There's some things that we, we do want to celebrate in terms of milestones of things that haven't happened in a long time or ever and all that. Um, and we actually have a, uh, you know, all this virtual recruiting right now, we have a, uh, we have a graphic right at the end of our presentation, talking about our five program goals. And we talk about three bowl games in four years, three and O versus the, the big 10 or the tiny 10, you know, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> uh, we, we just built a $24 million, uh, you know, end zone facility. We've had two years of back-to-back 3.0s. You know, you're right. We've got, We've got uh, two alumni who came in together who are facing each other in the Super Bowl on on Sunday. You know, so all this awesome stuff. But on that graphic, you know, we're not hoisting trophies, right? Mm-hmm. There's there's no confetti. Yeah. Um. You know, so it's it. You got to be 
you got to be really careful, um, you know, to, you know, what is success, right? Um, you know, we, we've done some neat things, um, you know, but we haven't done what we're capable of doing. And, and the people that, that I'm hiring and the people that we're recruiting um, absolutely believe that we can be the best, that our best, I should say it this way, that our best is good enough to be the best. And we're not there. And if we get there and someone gives me a Snickers bar, um, I'm going to do, I'm going to chuck it in the trash can. <laughs> so Ben, I gave, those are my favorite candy bars, Snickers, yep. right? They always yep. satisfy. Yep. And if you remember with hungry, we all committed to give up Snickers. And when we lost to Mount Union to go 12 and one, I made a commitment to myself that I was not going to eat another Snickers bar until I won a national championship. Okay. So I have not had my favorite candy bar and I have one up in my office. Yeah. I have an unwrapped one up in my office. Um, and so I have not uh, had a Snickers bar since 2002. Um, and uh, someday, someday, you know, no when that bus that, is coach. leaving some stadium, you know, to a, to some uh, airport, I'm stopping at every convenience store there is. And, uh, and I'm going to buy everyone up, but that hasn't happened yet. I love it. In our mindset and culture episode, we, we really talked about four things um, that, that high school coaches could kind of take away and implement right away in their program. And I know that you already briefly touched on these, but if you don't mind, just the, the first one was foundation, vision, goals, cultural expectations. How do you, how do you summarize up yours? Um, well, you know, I just did uh, what I called an, a cultural audit. Been here for seven years and, and over the winter break, um, you know, it's interesting because I think that we have a pretty strong culture, but I don't think that it's come about from, you know, following a book that said, come up with three pillars yep. and, you know, do those things. I, I just, you know, ha- haven't done it that way. But at the same time, I think we do have a culture. So I wanted to do a cultural audit with our staff and I did it with myself and with some coaches who'd been here for a long time who are no longer here, just figuring out, you know, what is our culture? Not, not what do we say it is, not, you know, what do we want it to be, you know, not do what, what we have painted on the walls, but what is it? And, and I think that that was really healthy uh, for us to do. Really hard for me because, you know, I've, I've, I've learned, you know, really quickly that it could be so much better if I was doing a better job with, with clear expectations and with accountability. Um, but nonetheless, you know, we were able to, to figure out, you know, where exactly, you know, we are actually, um, and then can get better from there. A vision is a picture of the future, which produces passion. So you've got to be able to see it. Yeah. And it's got to be something that's in the future. And then you just can't conjure it up. I mean, it has to produce passion. Okay. So otherwise it's, it's not a vision, right? And the good book says, you know, without vision, the people perish. And I, I 100% believe that I 100% believe that all of us want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. All of us want to be a part of something that is moving forward. That is relevant. That is good. That is um, worthwhile. And so, you know, I, I think that leaders, um, you know, what do I know? But I just seem like you got to have one. 
Yeah. You got to have one. Um, you got to have a vision. And, uh, you know, so, you know, my vision ever since, I mean, I was riding on the plane to go take over my first school and it wasn't because someone said I had to have a vision statement. It just, it still to this day has not left my mind. You know, when I'm up at night and I can't sleep and I'm thinking about our program or when I'm on a run and I'm not paying attention to how far I'm going because I'm just into my thoughts. It is how can we make playing football at Ottawa, Wabash, Drake, or Eastern Michigan one of the most incredible experiences of our guys' lives? I mean, that's that's what drives me. You know, one of, I mean, Ben Carnes, you know what I mean? If if your time at Wabash was the best, you know, time of your life, that would be pathetic. But at that, at that moment in time, I would hope that it was, you know, really, really impactful. Right. And then, but you've just, you know, gone, gone way farther from there, but that's what I, that's what I, that's what drives me. So, and then there's a little bit, it's more specific here to Eastern Michigan. I believe that our football program can become a source of pride for the department, for the university, for Ypsilanti, and even this region. I really believe that. And, and we've taken steps, um, but uh, you know we're we're not we're not there yet. I mean, sure. it's just we're not finished yet. Yep. So I mean that's the vision. So you know if we're going to be a source of pride, that means we got to be doing things right. We got to be living right. We got to you know what I mean. When you pass our guys in the grocery store, you got to say, man, that guy's a stud. You know, I mean, you know that guy's just got it together. You know, and then on Saturdays or Tuesdays or Wednesdays, I mean, source of pride. There's a scoreboard. You know, and and we want to be successful. Um, so that would be the, that would be the vision expectations to do the right thing, you know, to be first class. And I don't mean that in a socioeconomic way. I mean, just how you hold yourself, um, you know, the kind of respect that you treat other people with, you know, those, those are expectations, um, to be a part of our football program. There's an expectation that you are going to fundamentally respect the people, no matter, you know, what they believe, what they look like, where they're from, you know, in our program, and that, and that we are, we're a football family, you know, uh, a lot of people, you know, call, call it that. And I'm sure there's guys through the years that, you know, would, uh, you know, roll their eyes, um, from their experience, um, in, in one of my programs in that way. But I would also tell you that if you ask anybody from, from any place, you know, that, that, uh, that I've been, that that would probably be the first thing out of their mouth, just in terms of the, 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 power and depth of the relationships with with each other and with the coaching staff. So the second one, Coach, that we, we talked about is how we play. Uh, what do you teach your guys as far as like a finished product on the field? And how do you hold them accountable to that? Is like at Eastern Michigan, this is how, you know, we play football. This is what the finished product looks like. You know, we want to play the game the right way. And anytime you say that, there, there's, a, there's a lot of right ways, but there's also – there's some wrong ways um, as well. Part of what does that mean for us is that you will see Eastern Michigan uh, football teams competing like, like, like there is an insane belief in ourselves and each other, no matter who we're playing or what the situation calls for. And, uh, you know, I know that we haven't been up by 50 Right. I mean, I've done that plenty at other places, but I mean that in all situations, you know, um, that uh, we are competing to be our best. And uh, I've fought that my whole life. I mean, my 
program goal, you know, number two for those first four years was to win. I changed that when we got to Wabash to be our best because winning is not enough. Winning is not the ultimate. Actually realizing our full potential and being our best to me is higher than winning. Now, now part of being our best is learning how to win. I mean, that, that on, on game day, you know, you got to know how to win. You've got to win. That's part of being your best. Um, but so our teams are, are, are going after that. And I, so I think that you'll see a, a, an intensity and a, and a passion by which we compete. And then, uh, you know, the other thing that I really hope that you would see is that I, I, I would expect that you would actually see family, even if you're watching it on TV at home, like guys excited for each other's success, guys, you know, pulling for each other. And like authentic, you know, celebrations and and uh, encouragement, you know what I mean. But that you would feel so that is that those guys love each other out there. That 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 is a united group, you know what I mean. Just competing like there's like there's no tomorrow, you know. So you know you're probably asking about you know missed tackles and sustaining blocks and you know playing to the whistle and I mean you know you're asking for a seven year long you know, answer um, about how we play football, but I guess that that's how I would answer it. No, that's, that's exactly what we were looking for coach. I I mean, every conversation I've ever had with someone about what does it really mean to be family started with the first day that I walked in to, I walked into camp. And as soon as I get in the building, there's Morris waiting on me. And he says, Hey, can I carry your bag for you? And it was like all these schools that talked about family just right there in that instant. And that in that instance, it, it went from talk to action, and and seeing that on the field, I, I think is just a natural byproduct of, of that culture. the The next question, kind of kind of along these lines, but you know, not necessarily game time, but getting ready for game time. Football's a brutal sport. I mean, it takes toughness. You gotta you gotta get up and punch each other in the mouth, and then help each other back up because we are still trying to be that family at the end of the day. So how, how do you teach them to, how do, how do you balance? We've got to push each other in a way that's going to make us truly reach our full potential, but then be able to leave some of that emotion out there on the field as soon as practice is over. Yeah. I, I, I still don't know why this is so hard to get through to people, but so the team comes first period. But listen, the number one thing that each of us, can do individually to contribute to the team is not just say, you know, can I pick up your bag for you? You know what I mean? I mean, you got to treat it, you know, but it's not, Oh, why don't you start? Oh, Hey, you know, Hey, why don't you just take all the reps today and I'll go get your water. No, the, the number one thing that we can do to put the team first is to bring our absolute best. So let, let me say that again, you know, the team comes first. But the first thing that that means for each of us is that we bring our absolute best. So if you're not competing at the highest level, if you're not working incredibly hard to beat out whoever's in front of you, okay, or to bury whoever's behind you, or to to sustain that block and to, to push him back as far as you can, or to get that TFL, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. So that needs to be just fundamentally clear from the very beginning. 
So the team is first, period. But the number one thing that you can do is to bring your best. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about the team. But that doesn't excuse us from, you know, just getting after it and, and, and ha- I mean, having, you know, having goals and, and all of that stuff. Those two things can harmonious, harmoniously um, or however you say it, you know, coexist. So the fourth piece that we're talking about, Coach, is just um, adversity, teaching your guys how to handle adversity. I know at a staff that Ben and I coached on, we, we practiced this uh, during the week when a team threw an inter- when we threw an interception, celebrating it on the sideline because it, this was a moment of adversity. We're going to respond uh, in a proper way. Uh, how do you how do you practice that with your guys? Is there there a responsible way that they, you want them to respond to and keeping them accountable to that standard when the adversity actually hits? And be, and before you answer that question, Coach, I'm also going to throw out there that I don't know that Isaac knows we stole that from Wabash uh, and that we took oh, sudden dude, no, change no. from uh, like change. we are we are going to you think you have momentum? Okay, well we're now yeah. going to make a conscious decision to steal it and take it back. So I just insulted the creator of it. I apologize <laughs> no, for that. <laughs> no, that's a source of pride hearing me hearing you say that. I love it. You know, you got to be really careful, right? So, you know, adversity inherently means that it really sucks. So what might be for what might be adversity for someone may not be for another. But if it's adversity, it means that, you know, it's a it's a hard deal. Right. So there's football adversity, there's life adversity. So let's not, you know, mix, you know, be careful with that. But but that's where football steps in to be such a life life changing sport, you know, right. Figuring out how you are going to respond to both success and to adversity is uh, is is fundamental to who you're going to be as a man. You know, we do. We have a symbol of our program, which is a 51 pound pipe wrench that uh, we we actually got from a president of a company in Cleveland, Ohio, and it is at every single one of our games. And it's the symbol really for three things. Okay, and I'm going to get to the adversity part. The first is right. It's a tool. Right. So we are blue collar here. Right. I don't know how a pipe wrench isn't a better symbol for for Eastern Michigan and and being blue collar than than a pipe wrench. Right. It's not you know, it's not some cool sword or, you know, some pistol or whatever. I mean, it's a stinking pipe wrench. (laughs) Okay. Um, the the second piece of that a pipe wrench. Right. If you know how it works, when you turn the deal, the vices close. Right. Or expand. And so we're all about being our best and getting better. So we are trying to close the gap. We're trying to close the gap from where we are and where we know our potential is, right? And so every day we're trying to close the gap. So the pipe wrench represents the the toughness and the blue collar, the hard work. It represents closing the gap, but it also represents, you know, our response to adversity. And uh, whoever's not seen one of my top five greatest movies of all time, Goodwill Hunting, you know, shame on them. And, uh, you know, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Robin Williams. And uh, there's a scene in that movie where, you know, Matt Damon and Robin Williams are talking in terms of like a therapist um, and uh, I don't know, client isn't the right word, but patient yep. uh, relationship. And uh and so they discuss a rent, discuss a wrench, and and it is it is a response to adversity. 
you know, that uh, it's not if, but when adversity is going to strike and, and it's just kind of a bring it on, you know, like forget you, I am going to respond. I'm going to like bring on whatever you got, however tough it might be. And there's, there's, there's some reality to if, if adversity is real, that it doesn't mean that you can start smiling right away, but, but that it, at the right time, you are going to face fight and defeat whatever, whatever adversity comes your way. Yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned, you know, sudden change, right? I mean, nobody wants for the other team to start on the, on your own side of the 50 yard line. That's going to come from the offense, giving it to the defense, or it's going to, um, or to their offense, or it's going to come from a special teams play. And uh, what most people do, if you're giving the team the other ball on your 30 yard line, is just naturally, I mean, especially the guy who turned it over, didn't make the tackle on the special team or through the interception, you know, you feel, I mean, as, as, as badly as you can feel. And so there's just a natural negative momentum, just a lower the shoulders, point fingers, get pissed, whatever it is. And the other team is right. They're on cloud nine. Yeah. And so we, we challenge our team to just make the decision that we're not going to let the other team have, have momentum. I mean, so there's been, I can't tell you how many times where just like you mentioned, our team's going crazy, even though, the other team just got the ball and we steal the momentum. Yeah. You know, they're, they're over there looking at us going, what the, what's going on? I mean, like, do they not understand what just happened? <laughs> and no, we fully understand what just happened, but we're not going to, you know, we're not going to shrug our shoulders. We're going to punch in the face and and play and get after it and exhort our team and, and, uh, and play football. So that, that would be a, you know, an example of how you want to respond. I'll never forget the first time that happened and the sideline went nuts. And I don't think I fully grasped as a freshman what exactly we had discussed at practice. <laughs> and I'll never forget the other team calling a timeout afterwards. And from that day, I was a believer. I was like, yeah. this is real. This, this, is a, this is a decision that you can make. Uh, Coach Creighton, this has been absolutely fantastic, not only to to learn from you and your experience, but just for me personally to get to talk with the man who who really built my foundation of what I believe is a coach. So, Coach Creighton, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. I love you, man. It's great seeing you. I know you're impacting kids, man. It's awesome. It's awesome. Until next time, make your plan and put it to work. 